it was a badge of honor for me for, for a long time because I, I, I felt like, look at what I accomplished in spite of, um, like I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a rebel. I want to, if you tell me to turn right, I probably want to turn left um, just to see what's over there. And yeah, so yeah. Everybody said, you have to go to college. I was like, yeah, I'd rather show you that I don't. Um, and um, yeah, so it, it, it's, I, I never felt that at all. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. Length insomnia keeps us evolving. We growing in the knowing, the wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends. Invite them to subscribe and connect with us on social media. Today's guest is Jamal Thomas. Do you mind giving a brief introduction of yourself? Sure. Jamal Thomas. I um, am a co-founder and chairman of the board at Black on Black Education. Um, we focus in on creating student-centered approaches to education. We are a stand for all things um, education transformation. And that's awesome. And what were some of the jobs you've held? Yeah, I mean, most of my career, I actually have been in uh, the technology space. So I, I spent a large portion of my career selling various different types of telecommunications or cloud services to a lot of uh, really large companies. Well, some at first it was just B two B, but eventually I, you know, sold to some some really large companies like uh, you know Pearson and um, Philip Morris, uh, Advanced Publications, um, a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot, yeah. a lot of different uh, large, large companies over the years. So you don't have a degree. So how much do people in sales make without degrees? So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm 44 now. So, you know, I started my sales career in, um, I guess, 1998. I sold women's shoes retail at the time. Um, you know, I probably made like $15 an hour. Uh, then. That was a lot back then. It was. In 98, that was a lot of money. I remember like it was like four or five dollars an hour was like starting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I made way more than, than so I think seven dollars in New York was the was the minimum wage. Yeah. But I was on commission. So I made like 15 at the time. Um, I sold windows. I sold vacuum cleaners at both of those places. I did not make a lot of money at all. They were commission only um, sales jobs. And so I didn't stay in either one of those for particularly long. And then I found telecommunications. Um, where I also worked commission only, but ultimately it was something that I enjoyed and I was good at. And I had some really, you know, good years um, on, on commission only where I was 18, 19 years old, making $80,000 or so, uh, uh, you know, a year. So that, that was, um, you know, that was good, but there was lots of like ups and downs. Like it yeah. could be a 15 grand month and then it could be a zero <laughs> month. And, uh, you know, kind of at the time I wasn't, particularly financially responsible. So, uh, you know, things, things did, you know, I, I, I decided to move into the more safe, secure kind of salary positions, uh, worked at at and I think my salary there was like 45, 50. I, I I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not pos- positive, but it slowly, but surely increased until, um, I reached, you know, where, where I was more senior level, um, you know, uh, a sales guy where, where probably had, 10 to 15 years in. Um, and at that point, you know, I would have a hundred thousand dollar salary, you know, at plan when, meaning when you, when you are hitting your, or your, your quota for the year, you know, the, the idea is to make uh, about 200. Okay. Wow. So that's crazy. Like a lot of people don't realize sales is a legitimate industry. All companies need salespeople. Who's going to sell the product? How are they going to make money? Right. A lot of people don't realize it. it's a very viable career and you don't need a college degree, right? You need to show that you, have a hustle, you can talk to people, you can grow, you can take feedback. 
So now, looking back, if you could create a blueprint of your success to pass on to someone without a college degree, what mm-hmm. would it look like? Um, I mean, I think some of the things that I would have done a little bit differently is I would have been just more intentional um, about my my uh, you know my my, my journey. I, I I've certainly followed like I followed the salary a, a number of times where I could choose between two jobs, um, and I went for the one with the higher salary. And later on, lo and behold the better opportunity was at like the smaller organization where there probably was some more risk, but where people over there, you know, I, I know some folks who, who, you know, had seven and eight and $900,000 years in selling telecommunications um, wow. at companies that I could have went to that, that gave me an offer letter. Um, but I chose to go with, with the, you know, with the biggest salary at the time. So um, one of the things is don't just always, you know, chase the salary, really dig in and, and um, make sure you fully understand the opportunity, you know, what's the lowest you're going to make and what's the highest kind of kind of potential that you can make. And just from a sales perspective, I, I think that I think everybody's a salesperson in some way. Yeah. Shape. You That's have to if you're not. Yeah, you have to be. And if you're not, you're going to be sold to. So it's a useful skill to know. Yeah. So it, it's 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 a useful skill, particularly. So, when, you know, if, if whether it's a telemarketer or, or anything like I know all of the, the tips and the, and, the, yeah. and the tricks and when and when somebody's trying to to use FOMO or, you know, fear yeah. of missing out on me and things like that, like in my head, it's just like, oh, come on, man. Like, yeah, cool. yeah, I already know what you're doing. Go ahead on somebody else. Um, yeah. You gotta talk to me like that. Like I've been in this game way longer than you. So I, I don't like when people are like scammy, sleazy kind of yeah. guy, you know, like J- Jay-Z said, you know, I could sell water to a whale. Um, and for me, I'm like, I-, I could probably sell water to a whale, but I don't want to sell water to a whale. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. need, don't, don't need my water. I only want to sell things to um, people who actually want it and, and need it. And that is going to add some value to their life. Hey, are you frustrated with your job search? Are you sending out resume after resume with no callbacks? If so, I have some good news. After three years of helping over 400 people land jobs at places like Meta, HubSpot, Google, Twitter, Amazon, Tesla, Disney, Sony, just to name a few, I created a course. In the Get Your Dream Career course, you'll discover best practices for creating a resume that stands out and you'll also learn how to optimize your job search. It covers every aspect of the job, including resumes, application strategy, networking, LinkedIn profile optimization, interview guidance, and salary negotiation. You will also get a behind-the-scenes view of how recruiters use LinkedIn to find candidates. And of course, you'll get resume and cover letter templates. Get one step closer to your dream job. Sign up at the link in the notes below. No, I love that because salespeople have a reputation of you know, the car salesman, like, yo, I'm going to sell you this. But the fact is, for long term, those salespeople don't succeed, right? They run into issues, right? They don't build the clientele. They may get a customer once. They don't get referrals. When you're a good salesperson who thinks about the long term, people remember you for years after they come to you, you're a trusted advisor and all that. So now, one thing that I really want to ask you, you mentioned that there were two opportunities you went for the higher base. How would someone identify what's a better opportunity? Because it's not easy. Right. But now with your experience, what would you do to know that what's a better opportunity? I think I just would have done a little bit more, you know, re- research on the on the company and had more foresight around the the industry. So in telecommunications specifically, and I won't 
you know, bore people with all the details, but, you know, there were times when people switched from copper to, to, to fiber um, and times when people moved from, you know, POTS lines to T1s. And, and, and yeah. where if you if you would move to a T1 and you did your long distance over a T1, your price would go way, way down. And there were just sick commission opportunities associated with with this transition that, you know, that, that Verizon at the time used to pay. And I didn't know what I didn't know. You know what I mean? So if I, if I had been a little bit more, um, asked some more, more detailed questions to better understand where things were going, as opposed to just where things were, th- things were at the time, um, I probably would have saw, um, oh, snap, wow, that's probably a better opportunity over there. Uh, let me go and, and, and try my hand over there as opposed to, to, to chasing um, a larger uh, firm commitment from a, from a salary perspective. That makes sense. So like industries that it's like, it's so easy. Like, hey, this is a new thing. You got to get on train. So if someone's selling like AI services, right? right? That's probably like the hot thing right now. If someone's selling like blockchain services, where it's like, you're not trying to convince someone to switch their line. Like, you know, someone, I think Spectrum came by. He's like, oh, you want to switch to their version of files, right? Versus the first time you're getting files, it's like, you're getting me. Now it's like, eh, you know, do I really want to switch? I'm not going to really get any benefit like that. Now looking back, you know, why didn't you go to college? Like, can you tell us the story around that? Um, I, I I didn't have the best education journey. I was, well, I used to say I wasn't a good student. Recently, somebody who I admire a whole bunch, uh, Chris Emden, um, he is like, one of the goats when it comes to education transformation, um, he, he said that, no, don't don't say you're a terrible student. You know, the, what, what happened was is you were just not in places that knew how to um, accentuate your genius. And I was just like, that is actually the, the truth. So um, I'm, I'm, I have ADHD. Uh, so, you know, kind of neurodivergent thinker. I, 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 I'm, I always got ideas and, and my brain don't shut down and things to that effect. And so if you sit me down in a classroom and you start teaching me stuff that's boring and that I don't want to have anything to do with, uh, then I'm not going to do, you know, what you what you asked me to do. And that's how school worked for me. So going to college, which is another four years of that in my mind, just was yeah. not something that was attractive at all. Um, plus, and one experience that was good in high school was in my senior year, um, I got to do a couple internships and I in- interned at Penalty Recordings. Um, I interned at Spoil Rotten um, Recordings and I interned at Mecca USA. Um, the Spoil Rotten and Mecca both turned into, you know, kind of jobs where I where I was making a little bit of, uh, you know, money coming right out of uh, right out of high school. I, I transitioned from intern to, to working for them. Um, and my parents, you know, made me you know go to school. And now. Uh, we're starting to hear a different story from from people uh, around the fact that college is not for everybody. Everybody doesn't need to go um, and and get you know ridiculous loans and things to that effect. But at that time, you know the the, the story still was you graduate from high school, you go to college so that you can get a good job. Um, and so I, I actually did go to Westchester Community College for like a year and a half, but I didn't go to class. Like I, I, I didn't go to class almost ever. Um, and so because I didn't go to class, you know, I wound up with like, uh, I think I got three credits or something like that in, in, the, in the whole time. And I sat in the commons and played spades. So I wanted to stick with Mecca USA was one of the biggest fashion, black fashion companies at the time. I wanted to stick there. I used to go hang out and do a lot of fun stuff or go to parties. I met a lot of famous people that I got to, you know, like outfit when they would, when they would come to the, to the showroom. So I wanted to keep doing that. But my parents made me, uh, maybe go to college at the time. Yeah. No, a lot of times people just didn't know. And, you know, back then it was like the neurodivergent things. It was just like, 
why can't you pay attention? This other kid pays attention. Mm-hmm. Right. And now we're getting a lot of research into how people with ADHD, right? They have the hyper-focus. If they're interested in something, they can do it. Whereas if they're they're not interested, it's really hard. It's just your brain's not working. You know, it's like telling a person in a wheelchair, oh, why don't you just walk? Everybody walks, right? You, I can walk, why can't you? But it's like, hey, it's an inability. And it takes a lot of time to understand how to even work with your form of ADHD, right? Like everybody has their own processes and systems in place. But when you're young, you kind of, you're confused. Like, hey, my friend pays attention. Why can't I? Like, I have all these thoughts in my head and a lot of teachers are not helpful, but education is transforming. And thank you for being a a part of that. So what do you want to be in high school? Um, I don't think that I had anything specific. I always knew that I wanted to do something um, that was, um, impactful to other people. Like I've, I've always had this, I want to help. I want to help. I want to help. Um, but I, I, I don't think I, I, in high school had a very specific, this is what I wanted to do yet. Um, I didn't start to develop that, um, until I don't think I've really, you know, knew for sure what I wanted to do until, you know, I got into like my, my, my thirties and stuff. So, you know, I mean, there was a point where, you know, like motivational speaking and things to that effect were important. And I do do some of that in, in terms of youth development work. Um, but you know, I, I guess that I, I wanted to, in my twenties, I wanted to do that, you know, with, with adults, uh, you know, really communicate to people around mindset because, you know, while I, while I didn't do good in school, you know, I picked up a ton of books that resonated with me and I took courses and things to that effect that resonated with me. Um, and so I, you know, I built my own kind of curriculum to allow me to learn. And, um, I did read books on how to become a better salesperson, um, and how to build better relationships. And I went to Toastmasters for, um, how to become a good speaker. These were things that were interesting to me so I could actually follow up with them and, and, and go out with them. So the thing is you do value education and you do oh. value learning. Right. Black on black education. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people have this thing, idea that people who don't go to college, they don't value learning. They can't learn and all that. It's you just valued the things that you were actually interested in and they were that were applicable to you. And then you did a good job at that. Here's what um, school felt like for me. And I know it feels this way for lots and lots of people. Um, So babies born. Every single one of them love learning. Like the, it's, it's, just, it's what's this, what's that, you know, touch, they want to touch, they want to put it in their mouth. They want to, it's, it's, you love learning. You're one, you're two, uh, three, you start to, why, 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 why you want to know, you want to know, you want to know, you want to learn. And then you get to school and they put you in, um, a chair, you know, obviously you get to play and stuff like that, but they, you know, they put you in a chair, they say, sit there and do things the way that we tell you to do it. So they, they create this artificial, you know, walls around the method with which you want to, to, to learn. Now, by the time people get to oftentimes second, third, fourth, fifth grade, people don't like school It's boring. Um, you know, they're not on grade level, things to that effect. Most people will never catch up, you know, when, when they get to high school and things to that effect, uh, you know, uh, I won't even fully go into the fact that, you know, particularly for, for, for black and brown kids, so many of the teachers don't look like them. So they don't admire the teacher and the teacher doesn't have cultural competency to understand what the things that are going to turn this child's brain on. Um, so you take this person who, who loved to learn and put them through a system where 
it's it's I don't love learning anymore. And then college, again, being a, being an ex- extension of that, people do get to get a little bit more self directed in in you know in in, in college. But you got to take all of these classes when you might just be interested in in doing um, this component. And maybe there are some additional things that you got to do that you're not necessarily interested in. But the fact that you have to go through four years and you know all of those things, it's it's just it's a business and and a, a business that has told a really compelling story um, that that is is a lie and not true for way too many people. And now it's something where the, the veneer is, is is falling down and, and, and people are figuring out um, and companies are, are, you know, saying that, look, we're going to focus on skills as opposed to degrees. And we're going to and not only that, we're going to put together like Google has their Google certificate programs where, you know, look, if you can go six months to a year through this program, you can do this job. And, and there's all kind of uh, one of my you know really good friends. He went to a uh, what do they call them? trade school. Uh, wasn't a trade school. He went for computer coding. coding. Oh, he went to a camp. Yeah, wait, like where where he didn't have to pay for it. He paid for it after because he yeah, went yeah. started working in a, in, a, in a, they they helped him get a job and things to that effect in uh, in the area of, of of computer science. He makes a ton of money. They he he they 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 wound up paying him um, back. They moved him out to Chicago. Like these type of opportunities are expanding everywhere. And and, and I, you know I appreciate the you know the, this this podcast because you're you're telling those kinds of stories. You're telling people that you know oh if this doesn't feel right to you if this doesn't seem like the right way for you to go there are other options out there. Um, and even if your mama said and your daddy said and your grandma said and your grandpa said and, and the principal of the school said that you know you have to go to school and you, you know we we just know now that that is that's an incomplete story um if if i want to be if if if, if i want to give the most you know grace to folks who who want to follow the status quo it's an incomplete story and, and it's not true for a lot of people yeah and the fact is okay there's some people who do get a school that's what works for them the fact is learning is more accessible than before there are way more books way more online courses way more boot camps you know there was a time that schools were one of the few places to learn but now you have people on YouTube, you have podcasts, you have all these resources. You mentioned how it took you until you hit your 30s to really figure out what you wanted to do. What was that process like? And how did you realize like, hey, this is what I want to do? And how could you have gotten there earlier? Good question. Um, I'm not sure I was supposed to get, you know, here any 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 earlier. Um, one because you know the, the the work that I do now I do with my with my daughter she's the the executive director of Black on Black Education she's a teacher in the in the South Bronx and Black on Black Education was her idea I probably wasn't even telling the truth then with with thirties it wasn't until I, I was kind of not to say I was aimless I got fired from my last two telecommunications jobs because you know I, I not because I couldn't sell but because I did not do my paperwork I didn't do, you know, I would have expenses, you know, that, that I did. I was just <laughs> reckless. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. I operate the way that, you know, in, in, a, in a corporate structure um, properly. So from, from there, um, I, I, I still didn't know what, what I wanted to do. I guess I still, I, I, I always just had a bunch of different ideas and there's always a bunch of things that I could do. Um, and so the difficulty in, in figuring out just one is kind of that I don't want to do one. I want to do multiple things. And so, you know, some of the, the, the challenges associated with, uh, you know, ADHD still sit with me today and I still kind of all over the place. Um, but what I have found is, is, is a passion 
for helping people or helping a system become more responsive for young people that are that go through the system, but that are like me. Communicating that and, and making sure that, that students get a say what and how they learn, that's that's important to me. Ultimately, I, I got to a place um, in conjunction with my daughter where um, I felt like the the skill sets that I that I have and that I've developed that I can you know kind of laser and, and and channel them into doing the work that we do now and and uh, you know things are, are are going well. Yeah. So, did you know you always had ADHD, or when did you find that out? Um, I would always say it like as a joke. Um, I did not get diagnosed until my late twenties, early thirties. Um, like a f- official di- diagnosis, I, I kind of hit a, a point where um, it's just you know anybody who knows me, anybody who I'm talking to is oh, Jamal's so smart. He doesn't live up to his potential. This, you know, what I mean that this, that, and the third. And there were just points where that there were again that paperwork stuff where I, I'm like I want to do what I'm being asked to do, but I it's, I feel like I can't. And so, you know, I decided to to seek um, professional, you know, help, and and they were like, oh yeah, you you're, you know, it's, it's I actually I don't have a lot of the hyperactivity component, yeah, um, but the 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 attention component is is uh, is 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 real for me. <laughs> okay, now, how did you go about upskilling in your career? If I am interested in it, I lean, you know, into it. Like I did, I said before, I kind of have a a, a, a personal curriculum at, at, at almost all times, there's, there's something that I am, uh, that I'm learning. Um, I probably haven't been as intentional about it as, as I would like, like if I could do it all over, like I, I would, I would say, okay, let's learn this first and then this and build off it. And I think, you know, it would be nice if the education system again, shows people how to do that. I had to kind of figure a lot of that out myself. Um, but you know, again, tons of books, tons of workshops, tons, tons of programs. Uh, you know, I've always been an avid, um, learner, you know, I love to write. I, I love to discuss, and and you know, while, while some people might be debating, I'm discussing because I'm trying to add color to um, yeah. my understanding of, of of whatever it is that that's in front of me. And so, um, because there, there's, I just have the spirit of of just wanting to know more, not not just so for me, but wanting to know more so that I can deliver that thing to other people and then I can turn on a, a light for as many people as possible. Um, so, so that they go from, you know, I'm just watching TV all the time. That's just what I do. I go to work and I come home and I watch TV. Uh, listen, it's, it's a simple life. I'm, I'm, I ain't mad at anybody who, who has it. Um, but a lot of people also have this desire inside um, and, and, and I want to help, you know, pull that out a little bit more. So that learning process that you, that you asked about, um, has always been, you know, how do I learn these things so that I can apply it in my own life, um, and help pe- other people to do the same in theirs. So what, are there any specific books you would recommend? Uh, one of my favorite, you know, and what I where I started was, was, uh, seven habits of highly effective people that that's a, you know, great, great one for me. Um, because everything doesn't need to should, shouldn't necessarily be strategy and, and kind of science that, you know, the life is life is an art and a science. Um, and the spiritual part of life is, is, is more that art. So seven spiritual laws of success was, was a, it was a fantastic book for me. Um, a lot of people also love the, you know, the alchemist. That was a, that was a great one. Um, success principles by, uh, by, by Jack Canfield, um, Russell Simmons, do you, it, it, it's, there's like, there's lots and lots of books that have, um, that have had powerful, 
um, impact on me. The game by, uh, you know, Serrano Kelly, I often talk and think about things from, you know, in a, in a gamified mash, um, uh, manner, um, in order to kind of set myself, um, in a, in a, in a particular direction. So, uh, those are some of the ones that, that come, come top of mind, but I'm sure there's plenty other. Yeah, no, those are some very good recommendations. Now, looking back at your career, what were some of the mistakes you've made? Some of the mistakes that I made were one, as I mentioned before, not, um, being more curious and, 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 and finding out a little bit more about some of the, the opportunities where, where, where people were giving out stock options, you know, but a lower yeah. salary like that, that, that kind of situation. I'll, I'll use the word intentional again in that I think it's important for people to dig inside, like know like who you are as much as possible so that you can make sure that who you are matches with the organization um, that you, that you wind up in. I think I wound up in, in some organizations where it was just like, Oh hell no. Like this is not, <laughs> you're not going to talk to me like that. Um, this is just, you know what I mean? Whatever method you think you're doing to uh, inspire me, that's just not going to work. So um understanding, you know, where, where you're going and, and whether it's a fit for who and, and how you are. I don't need anybody to be on top of me all the time. I need to have, you know, a, a relative amount of, of self-direction um, with assistance, not not with, you know, the command. So I think the biggest things are is, is just knowing yourself. Well, you asked me about the mistakes was the, the Yeah, question. yeah, mistakes, yeah. I don't know if I, if I call this a mistake or not. So after I got fired from those two, from, from so I got fired once um, from, from a job and I was out of work for 18 months. I kind of was working a business, but I wasn't doing a lot you know, on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I went through my freaking, you know, I had, you know, amassed like a, a nice, like nice retirement yeah. you know, package and funds. And I started going through that in a not healthy and smart yeah. way. So that's less about the, I, I didn't move from, um, from that job to what I was doing next. That, that, that was definitely, uh, you know, a mistake that kind of set me back. And then I did the same thing again. That first job I got fired on my daughter's 16th birthday, which was crazy. Oh, like a, a, a whole party going on. Um, and, and I wait, waited till after the party to tell them that that second job I got fired, I started on October 3rd, the following year. Um, okay. so it was like a year to the day. And so these, these, uh, those type of things just kind of spoke to me. And, and that's when I decided I'm never, ever, ever, ever going back. But once again, after that, I went a year kind of working a business, but not like daily grind intentional, yeah. making it happen. It was, I was kind of all over the place. There was some depression in there and, and, and stuff. So um, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, whether I call it a mistake because, uh, you know, because I arrived at now a place that I'm, I'm beyond excited to be. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly, you know, I would be better off financially now if, um, had I not have taken that time out of the workforce, uh, you know, for lack of a better term. Yeah. So now looking back, how would you prevent something like that from happening again? Because a lot of times it's like, you learn a lot about yourself. Like you learn about like a lot of habits. So how did you get out of that? I was kind of forced out, uh, you know, the, the, the first, the first time, you know, I, it was, like as that 18 months was approaching, I, I ran out of, you know, I was running out of my runway. Yeah. Um, I, you know, only had, you know, I don't remember exactly how much left, but you know, it was under, under 5,000 bucks. Yeah. Um, and I got $2,500 a month rent. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That shit's not going to last long. Um, so in terms of, of getting out of it, I, I don't know that I got out of the mindset at that point. Um, but I did 
get a call from somebody that I used to work with about a position that they had opening. And, and, you know, I didn't even, I, I just took the first job that was available. Yeah. I didn't even do like an interview process or anything to that effect. I, I mean, I got interviewed, but I didn't yeah. interview at a, at, a, at a lot of different positions. So probably going to get some um, help earlier in terms of, um, cause I'd stopped taking ADHD medicine and, and, um, or any, and I, and I wasn't seeing therapists or anything to that effect. I probably would have spent some time with, uh, you know, professionals to, to help on a week to week basis to, to allow me to calm, um, you know, my, my mind and, and, and take a 30,000 foot view of, of, uh, you know, of my life and do a better job of then deciding what one foot in front of the other is going to look like with assistance. Um, where, you know, I kind of was taking a 30,000 foot view, um, every day by myself. And then I was like, Hey, well, I'm going to take a 50,000 foot view. And it, it was just sporadic and, and all over the place. So I would, I would have been again, much more intentional about what do I need to get out of this um, situation, um, and get out of it soon and, and make, fill my days with answering that question. Um, whereas I, I wound up filling my days with, you know, food network and movies yeah. and stuff. And you know, I became a pretty fantastic cook. Um, yeah. and who knows, you know, I, I may use that one day in, in, a, in, yeah. a, in a, in a more effective, uh, you know, fashion. So I would have liked to, uh, not, you know, kind of go through all of that money, um, without having additional money coming in. So what would you say is your biggest accomplishment? Oh, hands down, my I, I have an amazing child that I, you know, that I that I raised. Um, I didn't find out about my daughter till she was six. I, um, you know, immediately kind of jumped into her um, life. You know, we developed a really strong relationship so early. Um, she, she, uh, you know, her mother had drug and alcohol issues. That was something that was a, was a challenge. So I fought for custody and things to that effect. It was a you know whole crazy, you yeah. Know, time but you know ultimately my daughter came to live with me um you know raised her she is uh, people say these type of things about the children all the time and and i know that they you know they all believe it but you know she, she's one of the strongest people that i that i know and um the fact that you know some of the me rubbed off on her to allow her to be um as powerful as as, as she is you know at, at she just turned 25 last week you know sky's the limit you know she's going to be on somebody's well, she's already been on a 30 under 30, but she's going to yeah. be on, you know, more 30 under 30s and 40s under 40s. Like she, she's um, a powerful voice in the ed- education space and um, she's going to remain so. And, and, and I just watching where she's going to go um, is, is, uh, you know, like the joy, joy of my life. Yeah, No, I, I know she's going to go many places and, you know, she's going to teach you. You're going to teach her. Now, looking back, sales is an industry that has changed. There's some principles that have not changed, but the industry itself has changed. Selling in 2000 is very different from 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Email, all these other technologies and stuff. So how has the industry changed from your perspective? So, I mean, I'm not a quote unquote salesperson now. Um, 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 even though I say everybody's a salesperson, I'm a, that, that's not my role. I'm, I'm more of a, you know, I'm leading a, a nonprofit like as, as, a, as, a, as a co-founder. Um, so it, it's, it's two different things. I, I guess if I have to speak to um, some of the sales skills that I have to utilize on a day-to-day basis, like, you know, for, for funding and things to that effect, when, when we're when reaching out to, to, to get funds, uh, you got to sell that company, whether or not they believe that you can do the things that you say you're going to do by way of your mission and your, uh, and, and your vision. So, um, the, the CRM systems today are, are, um, much easier than they, you know, than they, than they, to, to, to deal with than they were back then. Um, that they're, they're less, uh, cumbersome. Um, so that helps, um, differences today. People have just a much more 
a larger onslaught of, of information uh, coming at them. Um, and so they're, they're only going to be uh, peaked in terms of their interests um, by a certain thing. There's only certain ways that you're going to get people's attention nowadays where, where you might have got been been free to get more um, a long time ago. So being more niche in your messaging and, and how you communicate to people is important today. You know, you know, it's, it's when I, when I would, I would walk around New York city and I would walk into buildings and I would go up to the top floor and I would talk to everybody um, because everybody needed what I sold. Um, one that wouldn't cut it today. Cause you can't just do that in, yeah. in terms of, uh, you know, buildings, most of them. Um, but two, if I became a salesperson again, I would sell, likely to schools and, and the educational environments and things, because now I know, I know what the superintendents think and I know what the principals are thinking. I know what their day is like. I know what their pain points are like. So it's hard to know that for all industries. So niching yeah. down and, and, and thinking about particularly people who, who, who have never thought about being in sales or don't, or don't think about themselves as a salesperson. Think about what it is you're passionate about. Think about what it is that you, you know, want to, to, to change in the world. And then you potentially are, are going to have a, um, you know, there'll, there'll be like coherence between you and the person sitting across from you. Um, and, and people don't, people buy from people. Like there's, it's, it's, I, I sold a lot of stuff. I was a, pretty good technical salesperson, but mostly I'm a good person that, that anybody who sits in front of me recognizes that. And I can emote, um, you know, and make people feel good and, and, and they're making me feel good. And, and it's, I, I'm that part is, um, is as important today as it, as it ever was. Um, you know, particularly if, if you're doing sales where you're going and you're sitting down with people. So, um, yeah, I think some of the, some of the biggest things would be niching down, and believing that you, you know, actually can be in sales. A lot of people just have it. Oh, I could never do that. And the reality is, is it, it there, there's some natural inclination, but for the most part, it's, it's a skill that you, that you develop and talk to enough people enough times. It, it's a lot of my sales. Like I was able to do, like I'm somebody who I used to go on, on the subway and I could just kick at the girls, you know, any girl, like I you know, point her out, like I, I could do that. And so when you're in sales, you're going to get a lot of no's. I got a lot of no's from a lot of girls. Like they just weren't interested, but it didn't, it didn't stop me. Um, and so developing that skill, that grit is every bit as important now as it, as it was then. So, so, you know, there were a couple of differences and, and that grit is, is something that's going to, uh, that'll remain because you're, yeah. you're, you're never going to sell everybody who you talk to. It just don't work that way. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, if you're walking across the street and you see an 18-year-old Jamal, what would you tell him? I would say um, everything's going to be all right. I have a powerful, powerful presence um, and, and a powerful, powerful individual. Um, figure out how to focus that power. Um, find the people and, and, and tools and resources that will allow you to focus that power. Make that the, the, the number one thing um, that, you, that you do. On a, on a day-to-day basis. And then, you know, opportunity is going to abound and then you can make choices around what direction you want to go in by way of opportunity, but find a way to, to focus your attention with the assistance of, uh, of, of people, tools, and resources. Yeah. Have you ever felt insecure about not having a degree? Nah. I wore it as a badge of honor for a long time, to be honest, because um, the reality is, is, you know, I've made more money in, in, my, in my life than a lot of people who, who I graduated with, um, with, with, with a degree, like by 18, 19, 80,000, $90,000, 2021, you know what I mean? 110, you know what I mean? hundred, hundred, you know, they went and spent 
30, 40, 50,000 dollars, you know, on college. So they're all the way over here. I'm all the way over here. How the heck they ever going to catch up? Most people never, never caught up. Now, some people have and, and, um, and, and needed to go to college because obviously there's certain jobs that, that you have to go to college for. Yeah. Um, but it was a badge of honor for me for, for a long time because I, I, I felt like, look at what I accomplished in spite of, um, I guess I'm a, I'm, I'm a rebel. I want to, if you tell me to turn right, I probably want to turn left, um, just to see what's over there. And yeah, so yeah. everybody said, you have to go to college. I was like, eh, I'd rather show you that I don't. No, I love that. So what are your future goals? I am dedicating the rest of my life to being a, uh, a, a part of transforming education. I tell anybody who is willing to listen that uh, civil society is not promised. We live in, in you know, really, really tough times. We live in the best of times. This is the best time to ever be alive, hands down. And it is the worst time to ever be alive, hands down. It's both. And it's, and, you know, and, and those things are going, you know, at speed, um, faster than, than, than ever, um, in, in opposite directions. And the more people, um, who can operate in this environment, human beings are not designed to, to change like as fast as change is happening. So what happens when change is, you know, the only constant and people don't know how to do it. When are we going to say that we have to change the place that that is is designed to show people what the world looks like and show them what they need? Like, Like it's, we have to give people the ability to, to be way more self-directed, to learn how to understand themselves and other people, how to communicate with one another. Um, and, and I believe that the education space is the only you know, chance that we have of you know, making things shift. So, um, so I, giving people an experience, an educational experience where uh, creativity and collaboration and community um, are at the foundation of what they do. I'm going to be trying to figure out the best ways to do that. Uh, for the rest of my life. Thank you so much for your your work and the educational transformations that you're having in a lot of children. Thank you for impacting the space. How would people support you and get in contact with you? Yeah, so uh, Black and Black Education is a 5013C. Um, so we, we accept uh, donations. We are at www.blackonblackeducation.com for anybody who, who uh, you know, feel compelled to, to um, help support our work. Again, we focus in on student-centered approaches to education. So, you know, just about all of the funds that, that, that come, um, again, www.blackonblackeducation.com. You can go get yourself some merch uh, there as well. Then uh, we're Black on Black Ed at, uh, on Instagram. If you want to kind of be involved in the conversation, that's where we do uh, most of it. We're also Black on Black Ed on Twitter. And um, yeah, those are, those are the ways that, uh, that folks can support. Yeah, so I'll be supporting your mission and looking forward to future collaborations. Thank you for being a wonderful guest and sharing your story on the No Degree Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Peace, everybody. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and we'll go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem. NoDegree.com